Welcome to Magnet Minutes. This is Jordan Kimmel with an update for April 13th, 2022. And again, it's a privilege rather than talk myself to bring on a special guest. Today we have Jeff Hirsch, the editor of the Stock Traders Almanac, one of my actual favorite annual books, also the editor of the Almanac Investor Newsletter, and probably one of the great stock market websites as well. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Jordan. How's everything? Everything's going great, Jeff. You know, it's a fantastic time overall, but you know what? The new cycle, I've been begging people to stay off of page one. Uh, it's a very tough time, as you know, in the world. But mm -hmm. Jeff, I've been asking you to come on Magnet Minutes for a while, but you know, it's interesting time right now. There's so much kind of in the news around the Almanac's dates right now. And, and so many things going on. I'm really glad you're joining us at this time. Yeah, it's a good time for us. You know, we're, we're coming to the end of the best six months here in April. Um, we've got the midterm election year, you know, pattern, that, that heightened volatility we've been talking about for months in our newsletter. And you and I have discussed it not too long ago. And you've got that weak spot of the four-year cycle, which is the Q2, Q3 of, of uh, midterm years, the second and third quarters, runs along with the worst six months, the sell in May period, though we don't go away in May, we, we reposition. And, um, you know, it's not unheard of to have some geopolitical stresses and issues in, you know, the first two years of a president's term um, and the midterm year. And, and it's no secret around the world that, you know, this is the time to take advantage of a, you know, new administration. And it's, it's just kind of a little too typical, a little too um, coincidental. I mean, one of the things that we looked at recently, I'm not sure if you saw it, was the uh, down first quarters in the midterm year. I have seen you write about that. Yeah, I, I put a little table together uh, of, the, of the, the previous times. And the thing that jumped out at me, aside from, you know, the, the, the numbers and the performances, you know, the Q2, Q3, kind of not, not so great. And then things start to turn around in Q4, very typical midterm years. But the events that were going on in those years were so similar to what we're seeing here with words inflation and recession and war and bear market. And, you know, it's just a little disconcerting. Uh, you and I are both not screaming bulls right now. You might be a little bit more, more bearish than I am, but um, still, it's a lot of headline risk. There's a lot of uh, a fundamental and technical risk uh, that we're seeing there. So uh, I'm with you on the, on the, on the, the, you know, confluence of the time of year right here. Right. Well, let, let me get into something again, Jeff, you know, because you play a special role in the market itself. And we just before we, we, we went live, we talked about one of the favorite Mark Twain quotes you like to use. And the point is, this is what the almanac is all about. Repeating, maybe not exactly repeating, maybe rhyming, but rhyming. patterns that do exist. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, Jeff, you know, I, I was with big Wall Street firms for many years where they always said, today is a great time to invest. Uh, sometimes it's not a great time to invest. Sometimes it's good for powder. So, so you know, there, you there see the are, little bears in the almanac. Yeah. And there's a lot of stack. There's a lot of things stacked up against the market right now. And, and maybe um you want to address a couple of them whether it's the midterm cycle 
of the, of the presidential election. Um, but clearly not every day, even if you got a great golf game, I know you like to play. If it's thunder and lightning, I like to say, no matter how good your golf game is, you belong in the clubhouse. <laughs> it was cold last last Sunday, but we played anyway with three layers. But uh, okay. yeah, I mean, lightning, thunder, you belong in the clubhouse. Um, and I think we're getting into that clubhouse time of year here in time of the four-year cycle. We've got the two main cycles we keep talking about. The, the worst months of the year coming up here, May through October. Um, and the worst, you know, period, the weak spot of the four-year cycle. On top of that, we've got a lot of fundamental and technical things stacked against us. Inflation, energy prices, you know, the, the uh, um, technical issues that I'm looking at. We've been looking at the NDX a lot as sort of a leading uh, chart to watch. And, you know. NDX, share, share NDX for people what it is. That's uh, the NASDAQ 100. It's what the QQQ is based on. Sorry, the, 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 the ETF. And that's the 100 biggest, most important tech stocks in the world. Seems to be the thing that leads the world economy these days. Um, there's still some other leading companies in the Dow and other places that aren't in, in the NASDAQ 100 or the, or the Qs. But uh, there's some technical issues there that we're struggling with. Um, there was a little potential W123 swing bottom, you know, with the February, and I'm looking at the intraday chart, the February 24th low. I don't know if you're looking at that, the intraday low, the, the, the day that uh, the, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine was actually a positive day, but intraday in the morning, and I think it was even a little worse uh, overnight, that low has, has pretty much hold, even, even more so on the S&P and the Dow. And we did a little retest of that kind of on a, on a closing basis. March 8th, I think, was the day. And there's a little W in there. And the middle point of the W is becomes that sort of support line. We've now sort of come through that, concerning for me. We failed to clear the 200-day. Um, you know, there's some, some technical analysis uh, struggles and also internals, you know. But what I want to do here, what I want to do, I'll, we'll get to the internals in a minute, but I want to bring up a, an important point you're just kind of glossing over, which is that the Stock Trader Almanac in your newsletter uh, is built on decades and decades of research, but let's get a little sunlight. You have dynamic researchers working with you now, mm -hmm. and the model gets updated a little bit. So not only is it pure seasonal, but you're bringing in some technical work uh, updating if Thank you will you. and and so give a little sunshine to your your staff and and some of the research that's been added to what would the almanac's been doing for decades already not just the current team but my late father also taught us all about fundamentals and technical analysis and and monetary policy and sentiment so you know we're known for seasonal patterns and, and historical patterns and, and cycles but you know, you can't, nothing works 100% of the time. As I joke, I don't work 100% of the time. We talk, <laughs> I, I play golf sometimes and other things. Okay. Uh, sometimes we have dinner with That's the family, crazy. you know. Uh, but, it, you know, it's not pure seasonals. And you talk about, you hear from people who are technicians, they're pure technicians, all about price. Yeah, that's great. I, I like technicals as well, but we look at five basic disciplines, our foundation, our roots and cycles, seasonalities, patterns and trends, and then, fundamentals and individual stock fundamentals, you know, growth and revenues, one of your, you know, fortes as well. And then GDP and, you know, economic fundamentals, as well as price movement, technical analysis, 
which to me runs with with um, market internals, advanced declines, and new highs and new lows. I've been told also by some of my technician friends that uh, seasonality is basically technical analysis. You're talking about the movement of uh, prices over time, which, eh, okay, I'll give them that. I'm happy to, to go in there. And then the sentiment, the psychology, um, people talk about the VIX a lot. Didn't quite get as extremely bearish as we'd like to see. Some of the other things did, you know, investors' intelligence, bulls and bears, got a little bit more bearish than some other things. Those are like the newsletter writers and analysts and stuff. Um, so Jeff, well, let, let, let me kind of bring us, so, so let me bring us to, to another spot here. And you, you know, you mentioned the, the technicals of the internals and, and I'll just bring up one piece for myself and then I'll let you carry it, which is that, you know, the indexes have stayed up here. The, the big index is really down, not even 10% right now, but the mm -hmm. internals of the market are actually dreadful. And, and the advanced decline line on NASDAQ has been hitting new lows for months. My opinion is that we're only halfway through a bear market. There's been tremendous damage underneath, but it brings me to the next piece of uh, whether or not it's a great idea to fight the Fed. There's some quotes uh, in your book on that. And the Fed is saying completely transparency, they're going to be something to reckon with. They are. Um, you know, your point about the bear market is, is great. But I think what you're, you're saying, the underlying bear has been much grislier. Um, oh, it's been rough. And NASDAQ and the NASDAQ 100 hit that 20% level. I don't judge bear markets based upon that, but a lot of people do. Uh, I'm a bigger proponent of the Ned Davis um, definitions, uh, which we didn't, we, we didn't uh, um, achieve. Uh, I think we've had a, a good chunk of the bear market already. Official bear market on S&P and Dow, no. Um, but the bulk of stocks, as you're saying, yeah. Uh, the Fed is a force to be reckoned with. Um, they're a little more, a, a lot more transparent now than they used to be. So I'm not so sure it has as much impact. I don't want to get into a this time is different situation. <laughs> okay. Because it's everything, it's always different. Right. But there's also, it's, it's, there's always repetition. There's always, you know, the, the history repeating as, as we, as we like to discuss, but this time around um, we're coming from such a historically low number. I don't remember any time in history we were at zero for so long. <laughs> Cause we weren't <laughs> right. So even if we go up nine, you know, hikes or whatever, uh, uh, whatever it might be up to 3%, we're still historically low. Um, I suspect, you know, we're probably going to get a, a little bit more than, you know, four quarter point hikes, like uh, we were thinking before everything started hitting the fan. Um, I even saw Jeremy Siegel uh, in a clip um, with uh, uh, on CNBC that yesterday saying that he thinks they're going to do a half point in May, um, which I think the market wants right now. So yeah, you don't fight the Fed, but you know, you got a Fed that's got to get inflation under control and going from zero to 0.75 while right that's big still increase. Play. that's historically low you're 100 percent right and jeff to your point that you know maybe the nasdaq is down 20 percent or hit 20 percent but jeff there's a lot of individual companies that were super hyped that has no earnings that have no prospects for earnings that are down 60 70 80 80 percent and and even great companies and I'll just name one, like you use DocuSign for, mm -hmm. for business, but
But, and you look at PayPal, these things are down 50% and 70%. And there's some tremendous damage. I'm under the opinion that um, people are still way too complacent. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. I believe there will be to short this market. And I believe we're only halfway through the pain. That's only my opinion. Um, no. And everyone's got one like, like me and you, but you, you, you have a, a knack for shorting and, and um, I, I think you'll do well with some of that. The overall market, I, I think is going to track that midterm uh, cycle with the, the, the lower end of it. My, my chart that, that will show everybody when we put it in there, but I think we test the lows several times. We might breach them a little bit, but I don't see much upside over the next three to six months. Uh, depends upon what happens, um, you know, headline uh, related and, and Ukraine war related. Um, inflation looking like a lot of people are talking about it peaking. One of the things that, you know, Chris and I've been talking about is um, oil uh, and the correlation with inflation, PPI and CPI that it's historically, from what we've seen, pretty much inflation peaks when oil peaks. But we've got this situation over in, in China uh, with the lockdowns and their zero COVID policy, which is really sort of, I've read some things recently, it's, it's, it's causing some issues. It's really bottle, bottlenecking up the, the supply chain um, situation. And, and that, even if oil comes down, which it has already, and inflation starts to come down, it's going to be stickier and not transitory because of the supply chain issue, I think, really impacted by the, the COVID policy over there in China. Right. And so, so Jeff, we're going to have a couple more things I want to touch on, then we're going to wrap it up. But, you know, one of the things, just to let a little cat out of the bag, is that we believe in, in patterns, we believe um, in current research. What you have to look at, like we, we talked about, is what's going on now yeah. what's the advanced decline line look like now i happen to agree with you that we're following this midterm pattern where if everything goes right there's going to be an exceptional buying opportunity uh and i want to just bring out something that uh we had jimmy rogers on recently and jeff he said to me the reason this time it's different is because this time the world is actually going to end and <laughs> And then we laughed and we said, let's make sure when it does end that we step up and we buy. And, and there'll be all kinds of fear at that time. There'll be all kinds of incredible paranoia, which brings in the lows. But it's funny, he said, Jordan, this time the world does end. And, um, and so it's good that we got that laugh out of you. One more thing before we, we, we wrap it up. I know that one of the things you do, you know, you have your newsletter that keeps people informed. Why don't you also spend a minute, share your website information, because I know it's, it's pretty dynamic. There's always something to learn. And Jeff, I'll just share, uh, as I do all the time, I look forward to the Almanac every single year. I think it's one of the most insightful, resourceful books. And my God, I, I laugh and I smile how many times the Stock Traders Almanac is quoted on television and in print. And congratulations on the brand um, and taking it to new heights. And, and share the website information, please. Sure. Appreciate that, Jordan. Um, StockTradersAlmanac.com. Pretty simple. Uh, Twitter's Almanac Trader. 
And what we do with the newsletter is basically put the almanac to use, creating portfolios, combining fundamentals, technicals, sentiment, and our seasonal patterns, historical patterns to create stock and ETF portfolios. We have a sector rotation portfolio, um, different stock baskets throughout the year. And of course, our tactical seasonal switching strategy based upon the best and worst six months. A lot of people talk about selling May and go away. They got to remember to buy in October and get themselves sober, as I like to joke. Okay. But in reality, we don't go away in May. If you look at the pattern, it's not selling in May and it goes down. It stops going up and bounces around. It's more prone to volatility during these, these periods. There's a lot of reasons for that. And one of the things I want to leave you with, if, um, if we want to end it here, is, you know, sometimes seasonality, when it, when it doesn't work, becomes an indicator. Mm. And when the best six months is not up, it's not a great sign for the worst six months. You know, gains beget gains, losses beget losses. Interesting. And we've seen this before, like in the years of, of 73 and 74, and, you know, or 72, 73, 73, 74, and 07, 08, and 08, 09, when the best six months didn't work. 09, it turned around, but um, usually the first time we have a bad uh, best six months, um, it, it doesn't bode well for the, the next six. Interesting to hear. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave it to that. One other thing I'll say, Jeff, is that sometimes it, it's summer and you think it's warm out. Sometimes it's winter. You think it's cold out, but it's, it's good to check, step outside and dress accordingly, be what we say in the now and, and not rely on, on too much, um, of, of historical, but Jeff, look, it's great to have you on. I love our relationship. Um, and we'll have you on periodically. And it's Jordan Kimmel and Magnet Minutes. Jeff, so great to have you on. Thanks again. Always a pleasure, Jordan. Thanks very much, Bob. Okay.